morning, everybody. Welcome to church this morning. If I haven't met you, I'm Larry Jones. I'm executive pastor here at church. And if you haven't noticed yet, our lead pastor, Mitchell, is actually not here this morning. And several college students are also missing because they are on a college retreat this weekend. And so, so exciting. Actually, let's pray for them real fast. Um, and you pray with me. We're just going to pray over them that, um, that one, that they've had, an, I'm, I'm imagining they've had a pretty full, um, great weekend encountering God together. But let's just pray for this morning that whatever God wants to do in their hearts and in their lives, that he would do it this morning uh, in them as they wrap up their time at their college retreat. So pray with me. Jesus, thank you so much for the college students um, that have committed to going to this retreat. And I ask even that today, God, uh, that you would do a work in their hearts, that you would show them more of yourself that this morning. You would remind them again this morning of your mercies, that they're new for them, where they would be reminded of your faithfulness this morning, God. And would you draw them to yourself uh, today, where they encounter you today, um, and would you mark them? Like, would there be things in their life, uh, like, that you speak to them today that would mark them forever, that would change their college experience, that would change the way that they um, raise a family one day and live their life in the business world one day. Would you mark them this morning, Jesus? Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. Amen. Well, since Mitchell's not here, that means I'm the one giving the message this morning. So uh, if you know me, you know that I, this is not my comfort zone sitting up here, standing up here in front of you, it'd be a lot easier to give it to an empty room for sure. But that would not be as fun because I feel like God has given me something this morning. So I actually kind of wish, even though I have some nerves going on, I wish that it was a full room because I feel like God uh, wants to speak to us this morning through some things that he's given to me. Um, so anyways, I'm the executive pastor here. Me and my family moved up here to help plant this church with the Welches back in 2019. And it was actually at a world mandate that God told us to move. So, world, man's, world mandate's going to be good. I'm sure Tori's going to be here again this year because Francis Chan will be getting streamed in and speaking this year. Um, he really is. And then this crazy lady, one of the craziest ladies you'll ever hear from in your life, probably named Tracy Evans. She, like, gives a new meaning to the word YOLO, but in, in, the, in the I love God a lot sense, and I live crazily for him sense. So, anyways, shameless plug, come to world mandate. Um, God... He just, there's an anointing on that conference for some reason that he does something in us as we gather as a, as a movement, as a family, uh, to seek his face. So, anyways, that's, that's my shameless plug for World Mandate. You won't want to miss it. So, like I said, we moved up here because God spoke uh, at a World Mandate, and me and my wife and Truett, our little man, we moved up here. Our family has expanded a few times since then. Uh, we just had a baby that is five weeks old tomorrow. Six weeks old? Six weeks old tomorrow. I lose count, man. But it goes by so fast. So um, I, we moved up here. I got a job. Didn't have any job with the church. Just, just serving and saying yes wherever we could to help out. Um, we ended up leading the discipleship school for the past two years, which was so fun, such a blast, such a gift from God to get to like be with hungry people who want more of him and get a front row seat to watching their life get changed um, by him. So we got to do that for the past two years, and we handed that off uh, this year because I came on staff, actually, at the beginning of this year when we got this building, and it was my job to figure out how to make it look like a church along with Maggie, and so that was, that was fun, and it's been great being on staff. Never would have thought I'd be on a church staff, but here we are, and I'm in front of a room of people today, so what in the world? 
But anyways, if you've been with us the past two weeks, you know that we're going through a new series. It's titled The Lord is Gracious, and it's, it's been rich. Um, and for this series, we have a theme verse that we actually have been inviting, ki- inviting kids from the kids' ministry up to share uh, and to read over us. And so I'm going to invite up Judah. Judah, come on up here, buddy. And we're going to let him share this verse with us this morning. I'll hold the microphone for you, okay? You ready? The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works. Psalms 145 verse 8 and 9. Give it up for Judah. Great job, buddy. That is awesome. It's so fun to get to interact with the kids and let them read verses over us Um, in such a rich verse. And this is our hope through this series is that we would believe this, that we'd believe that verse and that uh, we would experience the Lord as those things. We'd experience him as gracious, as merciful, as slow to anger, as abounding in steadfast love and good to all. And so that is uh, the verse that we've kind of used as our, our banner verse for this series. And So two weeks ago, Mitchell kicked off the series talking about how the Lord is gracious over our sin. And this is not that um, that his grace is greater in our sin in the way that we can just go and freely sin. But um, he, he is very serious about our sin, but it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. He doesn't look at us in a condemning way. He looks at us with eyes of grace and mercy. Uh, to pull us out of our sin. And this past week, Mitchell shared about how the Lord is gracious in our doubts or over our doubts. And we don't have to hide because of our doubts. We don't have to be embarrassed by them. But he's gracious to help us work through our doubts. And before we jump in today, uh, the past two weeks, we've also been looking at a definition of grace kind of as we get started here. And the one that I found that I really like, I mean, they're all, they're all great. But uh, one that I chose uh, to read this morning is from the Bible Project, so we'll take a look at it here. In the Bible Project, they define it as this. They say the definitions of grace and gracious can be connected uh, by the idea that to be gracious is to extend kindness and show delight towards someone who may not be deserving of that treatment. And that is what we all need. None of us this morning are deserving of the kindness of God. We're not deserving of that treatment from him because we've all sinned. We've all fallen short in so many ways, uh, but he is gracious. He's gracious to us. He looks at us with eyes of grace, uh, not of condemnation. He's not waiting for us to mess up so that he can correct us. He's not condemning us. He's not pointing a finger at us. He's not distant. He's not disinterested. He's gracious. He's constantly extending grace towards us. And so that's my hope is that we experience that this morning, um, that we experience his grace again this morning. Um, and today I'll be talking about how the Lord is gracious over our fears, and, and so that's our hope, is that we, would, that we would believe that, that we would receive his grace today over any area of our life uh, that we've been struggling with fear, and, I, and so I hope that, that you would believe that that is true this morning, and that you would find that he is the way, that through his grace he's given us himself as the way to overcoming our fears, and so believing that he's going to that he's going to break through if, if we're dealing with fear this morning. And it's been so fun preparing this message. 
Even though this isn't my forte, it's been great because I've been reminded of so many things about the grace of God and, and even in the ways that he's shown me in my life of helpful ways to overcome fear um, and overcome sin. He's so gracious. And so I'm excited for this morning. I'm going to pray for us uh, as we jump in. So Jesus, I ask that you would open our ears, that you'd open our eyes, you'd open our hearts right now to receive whatever you have for us this morning. As you would speak clearly to us, and that we would receive a more full picture of grace uh, that you have towards us today. And yeah, I ask that we would just even have grace to choose you and to look at you in the middle of our grace, in the middle of our anxiousness, in the middle of our worries, that we would choose you this morning. So we honor you in this place. We ask you would help us to focus on you and that we would receive revelation, not from me, but from you this morning, from the word. Uh, this morning that would change and alter and uh, direct our lives more towards you and away from fear. Pray this in your name. Amen. So another thing we've been doing in this series is just kind of looking at a few verses to show us that Jesus, that we can see the character and the graciousness of the Lord through looking at Jesus. And one of my favorite verses, and Mitchell actually shared it this past week, is in Hebrews, uh, I guess passages, it's a little more than one verse, uh, but it's Hebrews 1, 1 through 3, and so we're going to take a look at it real quick, and it'll be on the screen. You can feel free to grab your Bibles, too. We'll be in and out of there plenty this morning. Um, but Hebrews 1, 1 through 3, it says, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. That is crazy. That is a crazy verse. He is the, Jesus is the exact imprint of his nature, of the nature of the Father. And so we can look to Jesus to see the grace of the Father. Uh, one great example when I think about the grace of Jesus responding to fear we find in Matthew chapter 14, most of you, if not all of you, have probably heard the story where Jesus is walking on the water, and then Peter wants to walk on the water with him. You could say it that way, I guess. Uh, but, so we're going to jump in and take a look at it. This is Matthew 14, 22 through 33, and I'm going to read it for us. So this is right after Jesus finishes uh, sharing with the crowd, and it says, Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the, way, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. And they said, it is a ghost, they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and, they and took hold of him, saying to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. Sorry, my mouth getting nice and dry up here. Uh, so a few things that we see when reading this passage. 
one of the first things I notice is the word immediately is in there a couple of different times. And that's how Jesus responds to us. He responds immediately, multiple times. One, when they cried out in fear, it says, uh, so it says they cried out in fear, it's a ghost. And it says, immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, it is I. And then you see it again when Peter starts to sink and says, Lord, save me. It says, immediately Jesus reached out his hand to him and pulled him up. And um, just think it's cool to see to see the response from Jesus is immediate action um, when they call on him. We also see, uh, another, another quick thing I see is that he speaks to our fears and to our questions. One of them's right there. He says, take heart. In the middle of their fear, when they think there's a ghost walking out on the water, he immediately speaks to him. He says, take heart. It is I. And then you see it with Peter in his question. He said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come. And Jesus says, come, come. Come out into the water with me. And he also addresses our fears not through just speaking, but through actions. When Peter starts to sink and says, Lord, save me, it says he reaches down his hand. And so it's so helpful to know that in the middle of whatever you're feeling, he's like, he's speaking and he's acting. And he's not a, he's not a, he's not a dormant, dead, silent God. He's speaking and he's acting on our behalf. And even when, when the wind and the waves are happening and Peter starts saying he pulls him up and then he gets in the boat and it says the wind ceased right then. It's like another act of God calming the wind, calming the waves. And it doesn't say that specifically in this passage, but we know that's a way he responds because he does it in a, again in another passage. When they're terrified in the boat, the wind and the waves are happening and it says that he calms the storm. So we know he has the authority and the power to do it. And so just even through this first couple takeaways of this passage, we can see that his grace is woven all through it, in and out of this passage. And it's by his grace that he responds immediately, and we don't have to toil in fear. It's by his grace that he speaks to our fears and addresses them. It's by his grace that he calls us to come to himself. And we also see some truths in this passage that I think will be helpful for us this morning. And if you need to hear them, make them your declaration and say them often, but you're not alone in your fears. Like it wasn't one disciple. Every one of them was terrified. You're not alone in your fears. You're not alone in your worries. You're not alone in your anxieties. Your fears don't scare him. He's right there with you. He's greater than your fears. He's good. So hopefully those are helpful for you if, it, if that's something you're dealing with. And of course, we're going to keep diving into it. But he, he's bigger. He's bigger than all of your fears. And he has grace for you as you're working through them. And he's going to give you a lot of helpful tips this morning to overcoming your fears with his grace. So if, if you know me, I'm pretty practical and to the point. And so uh, more than just talking about the grace of God, we're also going to jump into some practicals uh, for how we can overcome fear. And of course, it's by his grace. It's by his grace that he reveals himself to us and helps us work through these things. Uh, but I think this will be really helpful for us uh, to get some practicals to overcoming fear. And so we have a slide that's going to pop up on the screen here. And this um, will help give us a couple of different ways to, uh, and we're going to use this as our outline this morning. So I'll read it for you. To shut doors to evil and fear in your life. We'll jump into that. Listen to him. And number three, to keep your eyes on him. And so this is kind of our, our template for the day uh, for how we're going to work through this uh, together to understand the grace of God and get practical steps to help us overcome fear in our lives. You ready for that? Great. Sorry, I, it's, it's weird to be up here and just talk, 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 talk. Not my forte, 
I would rather be in like a little group of three people and we all talk, not just me. So anyways, so I might ask for a feedback from you like, are you out there? Are y'all doing okay? <laughs> so, um, so we're going to jump straight into this. So shutting doors to evil and fear in your life. This is rich. This is going to be really rich. And so I'm going to share a story with you guys of an experience that I had uh, that I think will really help to illustrate this point. Um, so the story's back when I was in college. I went to Lamar University in Boma. I actually went to a few different colleges. Um, I spent more time in college than probably most of the people in here with degrees, and I don't even have one of those. So anyways, but I was at Lamar University. That was a side tangent, but I was at Lamar University in Beaumont, Texas, southeast Texas, and um, and I had it, so I was in a dorm room. I didn't really know my dorm mate really well, but we didn't share a room. It's more of like an apartment style, and this will help me sharing this for the story. So there wasn't somebody else in my room. I had my own room. We had our own rooms, but we shared like a common living room, kitchenette, bathroom space. Um, so I had my own room. Anyways, so one night, uh, randomly, I woke up in the middle of the night terrified. This, I think, was my sophomore year. Woke up in the middle of the night terrified, felt a weird presence in my room, and thought I saw a pair of eyes in my closet and just felt like just a, just a dark presence. I don't know. It's just a weird feeling in my room. And, um, and I was more scared than I had ever been in my entire life. And I've never had any kind of experience like that again. I was so scared and I didn't know what to do. And I, I was like, man, I, I like on the verge of tears, terrified. I don't know how to really describe it, but I can feel it, you know, as I like recap the story in my mind. Um, and, and so my first thoughts, like, I got it. I got to call one of the guys in the dorm. Like I knew I had some really good friends that were in like the same building, like the same dorm building hall. I don't know what they call it here, a uh, hall. And, um, and so I was like, I got to call them. But I'm like, none of them are going to answer. They're all sleeping. It's 3 a.m. Uh, but I just wanted somebody else by me because I was so scared. I didn't want to be alone. And so I'm like, you know, you know the thing, hiding under my covers, making sure my feet are tucked in <laughs> under the covers. So scared. And, um, and, so my, I was like, I don't know, what to, I'm going to turn on worship music. That's all I know to do. I'm going to turn on worship music, and I'm going to pray. And so pulled out my phone. Luckily, it was right beside me, and I didn't have to get up out of the bed because uh, I don't know if I would have made it out of that bed. And, uh, and so I grabbed my phone next to me, and I throw on some worship music. Happened to be Carrie Job. I love Carrie Job. And um, so I throw on worship music, and I start praying. And, I, and it's not like I say the name of, name of Jesus, and there's, like, peace in the room. That's not how it went. I, like, feel like I was in a war between light and dark. Like, it felt like a battle where I was crying out in prayer and worshiping for probably 15 minutes before I felt a peace fall in the room. Um, so about after 15 minutes, felt a peace fall in the room and it felt like I could go back to sleep. And so I turned off the music and went back to sleep. Um, so I wake up the next morning and I'm like, what in the world was that? Like, I did not like, that was not enjoyable. I do not like being that scared. That's never happened in my whole life. And so I'm, I don't even think I'm specifically asking God. I'm just like trying, like thinking about it. I'm like, whoa. What, what happened to me? Like, what was that experience? And, and I feel like God spoke. And I feel like he said that um, the reason that you had that, or the reason, the reason for that encounter is because you opened a door in your life through a movie you watched. And I was like, wow, that's helpful. I don't know that I would have thought of that. Um, and, and so I started thinking, well, what did I watch? And I remember about a month prior, I had gone home for a break and was with some friends, and we watched Paranormal Activity. And I don't even think it's based on a true story, but anyways, that doesn't matter. But it opened a door. The Lord said it opened a door for me in my life to let fear enter. And, and it was like at that moment when, I, when the Lord was speaking that I began to take action um, against it. 
because and, and learn from it because I wanted to avoid at all costs whatever it took ever having another experience like that. And so I was like, wow, if that's the result of watching a scary movie is opening a door for fear into my life, then I'm done with it. Like, I, I can't put up with that anymore. I want nothing to do with it because whatever happened last night, I never want that kind of experience in my life again. And so um, I, I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to feed myself anything else that would result in something like that. Uh, again. And so from that experience and over the years, I've learned uh, some different things, but it really um, just like learned about the, just, just how to, basically how to get fear out of my life, but not even fear. I don't, I actually don't really deal with fear very much. That, and that was an extreme story, uh, but just getting sin out of my life and, and like, great, why would I tolerate that? Like, I don't want that stuff in my life. Um, and so, I, I just, I wanted it out. And so I was like, God, I'm going to do whatever it takes. Like, I'm going to close those doors. How many of them do I have open? Because I want them all, <laughs> I want them all closed. I don't want another experience like that. Um, so anyways, this might sound like a little tangent as I go into it. I told you it's going to be a little bit more practical um, than maybe focusing specifically on the grace of God. But I want you to know that his, he's given us grace to like dig into this stuff to help us to overcome um, fear in our life. So he's given us the grace to look at him the opportunity to look at him to see our fears and the schemes of enemy uh, of the enemy broken off. Um, so one thing that I learned through that experience, and it's kind of the main thing, it boils down to this, is my tolerance. Like, what am I willing to tolerate? Um, and and another way that you can say this is like, what what am I sowing into? And so um, here's a few staple verses that go along with that. I don't want you to just take my word for like, oh yeah, don't tolerate that and don't sow into that. That's a good idea. Um, but there were things that I, that I was tolerating, like I realized I was tolerating quite a lot in my life um, that I don't think that the Lord would tolerate. You know what I'm saying? Like, why would I listen to that horrible song if Jesus wouldn't listen to that horrible song? That doesn't make sense. Why would I tolerate that stuff? Um, and then I was sowing into things in my life that I didn't want to reap in my life later down the, down the road. You know, it's like the principle of farming. What you sow, if you plant corn, you're probably going to reap corn. Like, you're probably not going to reap an apple tree, you know? Um, and so there was things I was sowing into in my life that I did not want to reap later. Like I had no intention of ever reaping that. And so I'm going to share a few verses with you that kind of back this up. Um, and just as a warning, probably notice not the most eloquent speaker up here. Um, but one helpful thing for you to know is that my communication is generally pretty blunt. It's just how it comes out. I don't control it. I, I probably say things I don't mean sometimes or shouldn't say sometimes. I just, it, it just, I'm a blunt communicator. And so hopefully that's helpful for you as I share, because I'm going to tell you things that I did in my life to get rid of this stuff, because I wanted it out. And this doesn't mean it's the only way. It doesn't mean it's the right way. And so you don't have to do what I did. This is just for my life. You don't have to take the measures that I've taken. This isn't like I'm condemning you and saying, wow, you guys watching those scary movies, you shouldn't do that. You know, it's like, no, that's my, that's my conviction from the Lord. And so I just want to share that with you as I jump in because I might share it a little more bluntly, but know on the front end, and I'll probably say it on the back end, that I'm not saying you need to do this. This is right and everything else is wrong, but it's just my take on it. So here's a few verses um, that I want to read that I think will challenge you, but I also think they'll be an encouragement to you. The first one is Psalm 9710. Uh, just the first part of it here. It's on the screen, and it says, Oh, you who love the Lord hate evil. And pretty strong verse. Uh, oh, you who love the Lord hate evil. And I think it's a strong verse because I think the Lord is actually pretty serious about his stance on evil. Um, 
And so a question that I want to ask you from this verse, here's, here's the blunt. Um, the question I want to ask you is, why would we tolerate what he despises or what he hates? It's just a, it's a great question to ask from this verse. And we're going to think about this verse and figure out how to impl- implement and obey that verse. It's a great question. Why would you tolerate what he despises? Why would you put up with what he hates? And it's a process. It's a process of over time running your whole life through the word of God through verses like that and just filtering through your life. What what falls in line with that verse? Keep it. What doesn't fall in line with that wor- verse? Great. Time to start the process of trying to get that out of there and filter uh, filter my life by the word of God instead of letting your life dictate the word of God to you. <coughs> so, it's a process. And, and it's not like a tomorrow it's all going to be gravy. It's like it's the grind of, of sending your life through the scriptures over and over, day in and day out, to refine us, to look more like and walk more like and talk more like Jesus. Another way to say, uh, think about this same thing is through um, what, we're th- what we're thinking about and what we're, like, like what we're sowing into, like I said earlier. And tolerance, um, not, not too passive of a word. It's actually pretty active if we think about what we're tolerating is actually what we're sowing into in our life kind of changes our perspective on on just oh I'll tolerate this this music that is maybe a little ungodly and actually bad for me you know it's like oh I'll tolerate no you're actually sowing into something as you do that and scripture says in Galatians 6 7 which will be here on the screen but I'll read it really quickly it says do not be deceived God is not mocked whatever a man sows this he will also reap so it's a principle from scripture which means this is a sure concept that what we sow into we're going to reap like, you will reap the things that you're sowing into today. At some point, I don't know if it's going to be tomorrow. It might be in 10 years. It might be in your future kids or your family or your wife like or your roommates. Like, the things that you're sowing into are going to affect you and they're going to affect the people around you. And so it's helpful to know that the places that we're sowing into fear, we're probably going to reap fear somewhere down the road. And so for me, watching sowing into a scary movie, I reaped pretty quickly, uh, according to the Lord. It was that movie that led to that experience that I had that night um, that I never want to have again. And so uh, I think a a few helpful ways to wrap up this point for you um, would be for me to help you identify some potential doors, um, like avenues for doors to be opened for fear to enter into your life, uh, places where you could be feeding yourself and breeding fear in your life. Uh, so I'll ask a few questions. If one of these rings the bell with you, maybe it's worth jotting down. They won't be on the screen, but here they are. How often are you watching scary movies? Do you enjoy jumping out and scaring people? Do you, that, that was a random revelation from God. Just, uh, I, uh, I think it's fun to scare people. I used to. I used to think it's fun to scare people, and this isn't dissing you if you like doing that. It's pretty normal. Not many people carry the same conviction as me, but um, I, I didn't. I, I realized, man, I only want to fear God, and that's the case for other people too. I wa- I only want you to fear God. Uh, that's the only thing we need to fear, and um, the only person we need to fear. And so I just, I, I just had a revelation one day. I'm like, why would I jump out and scare somebody if that puts a fear in them that's not from God? So I'm like, I'm done with that. We don't need to do that anymore. And I'm not perfect at it. You know, it's kind of fun. But uh, <laughs> but I, it, it's, if you know me, I probably, I probably don't jump out and scare you. You know, I, do, I don't do it because I've received 
a revelation from Jesus that has shifted my perspective on doing it. Um, and like I said, little blunt, that's my conviction. It doesn't have to be yours. God can speak something completely different to you about that, but that's mine. So do you enjoy jumping out and scaring people? Another one, do you enjoy listening to murder mystery podcasts or anything of the like? Any kind of fear-based podcast. How often you rem- are you imagining worst-case scenarios or bad things happening to you or bad things happening to your family, losing your job, a car wreck, death? Do you, how much time do you spend watching the news or reading the news? You know, like, uh, what is it, 5 o'clock? I don't, I don't watch the news. 5 o'clock news, you know, comes out, they have horrible stories on, terrible things that are happening, this bad car wreck, this bad thing happening over here, this bad thing happening over here. Not helpful for trying to get fear out of your life because then you think about those things. You're like, well, what if that happened to me? What if that that happened to that baby happens to my baby, you know? What if that horrible story happens to my, f- to my life? It, it's it's, it's uh, it, a good question. <laughs> it it uh, is a helpful avenue to check if that's a place that fear is entering your life. Last one here. Is the media you intake more positive or negative in sentiment? Just a helpful question. Is the music you listen to, the podcast you listen to, the shows you watch, the movies you watch, are they more positive in sentiment or negative in sentiment? Like I said, I'm not saying these things are wrong. Maybe they are. Ask God. Um, I don't want you to listen to me. I want you to listen to him. So not saying they're wrong or sinful necessarily, but I think they'll be helpful questions for you to start identifying any avenue of your life that you could be feeding fear um, because I want you to be free, and I want to be free. I want our whole church to be completely free from fear, from dealing with anxiety, to getting lost down trails of thought that we shouldn't be on regarding fear or anything else for that matter. So shutting the door to fear in your life by his grace is vital for you to walk in freedom from fear. So we're going to jump into the next practical. Next practical here is listening to him, number two. So we also see in the passage with Jesus and the disciples, when they're afraid, they call out to him, and he responds, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. If they missed that and weren't listening to him, they would have been pretty terrified as a ghost approached their boat. Um, And so it's just helpful. It's helpful to listen to him because he speaks in the middle of your fears, just like he did the disciples. When you're feeling fear, he's speaking. And so you just have to tune your ears to listen to him. His voice and his words speak directly to the fears of the disciples in that moment. That is one way that we see his grace displays towards us in our fears, that in our fears, he's speaking and he speaks directly to them often. Another verse or another passage that I like regarding uh, the Lord listening to us in our fears is uh, from David in Psalm 34, 4 and 5. It'll be on the screen here. It says, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. So like David, he sought the Lord, the Lord answered him and delivered him from fears. Like Peter in the boat or on the water, he got terrified. He sought the Lord. He talked to him. The Lord answered him, delivered him from his fears, pulled him out of the water. Like me in my dorm room that night, I sought the Lord in the middle of my fear, and he answered me, and he delivered me. He spoke peace over my room and settled the storm, the chaos around me. So valuable for us and so important for us to seek him and listen to what he has to say. And another story in my life, hopefully this will be a little bit more relatable for some of you. That one was a little bit... 
uh, out there, maybe for some of you, maybe for some of you it hits home uh, dealing with some dark feeling or force. Um, but another time might be a little more relatable for you was when I lost my job this past summer. Um, had a great job working for a great company. Um, liked liked the people around me. Liked my boss. It was a, it was a great place and uh, made enough money for our family to live. And I had a meeting with my boss one day and he let me know that I was being let go. And immediately I was flooded with thoughts of worry, um, trying to figure out what, what am I going to do? I have a family. Like we have two kids and I have a wife and I have to provide. And if with no job, that's pretty hard to do. And so just immediately flooded with different thoughts of worry, trying to figure out how I was going to scramble and put things together and make things work so that we um, could live. And, Free side note on this, fear will twist your thoughts. It will help you to not see very clearly at all. Um, one thing that we've made a part of our family because of this is that we've made a decision that we are never going to move forward in a decision if we're feeling fear. We won't make a fear-based decision. It's not worth it. So if we're feeling fear, we're going to work through it together, and we're going to work through it with the Lord until we, there's no more fear in the decision-making process before we make that decision. Don't let fear control you. It's impossible to live a full and purposeful life if fear is governing you and is clouding your decision-making abilities. Don't let it control them. And if you're in the middle of something like this, there is grace for you this morning. There's grace for you to make a decision. Seek him. Ask him to calm the fears. He's going to speak to you. He's going to reach out and grab your hand. He's right there with you. And that fear is pretty small compared to God. So seek him if, if you're in the middle of trying to make a big, scary decision. He's going to cover you. He's with you. He's with you in it. So after gathering my things that day, so it was a Friday afternoon meeting. You know how those go. Friday afternoon meeting, get out of here, take your stuff. It was really gracious. It was really nice. But it was like, that was my last day, you know. And so gathered my things and left and was feeling all those emotions, my thoughts and stuff. Everything's running crazy in my mind, trying to figure out how I'm going to provide for my family and just wanted to clear my head. And so I did what I love doing and I went and played around a disc golf. And if you know me, you know that's what I did. I went and played disc golf. And it's just helpful to get out in nature, connect with God, get away from people. And so I just played by myself, and I had the chance to talk to God. And over the next few days, spending time with him alone, got to talk to him and uh, got to listen to him, speak to me, and calm the fears, all the fears that I had, all the crazy thoughts, got, got to let him speak peace over those um, fears I had regarding finances, regarding provision, regarding a job. And he reminded me of a few things. I'm going to read them here for you that I wrote down. He reminded me of his provision for my family that he had already given me. He reminded me that he's the one who owns cattle on a thousand hills. That's in Psalm 50. It's like really great talking about the governance of God and all the things that he owns. It makes whatever you feel like you need. It makes, you know, it makes $50,000 to live with my family feel pretty chill. You know, when he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, I'm like, that's got to be way more than $50, $50,000, way more than $50, way more than $50,000. <laughs> he reminded me that he is faithful to my family. He's faithful to me. He reminded me of his presence and his nearness. All of this speaking to his gracious character, that he would speak, that he's gracious towards us in our messes. We just have to listen to him. If we don't listen to him, we're not going to hear him speak. We're not going to realize what he's up to. See what he has to say about your fears. Don't just assume. Don't just to try and guess and think uh, what he would say. Ask him. He will reveal more of himself to you as you listen. Let fear be an opportunity to get to know him deeper. <coughs> it's kind of a crazy thought. 
Let your sin struggle be an opportunity to get to experience him more. Let your fear be an opportunity to get to experience the grace of God on a deeper level. So he didn't swoop in that day when he shared those different statements about how he's providing for me and stuff. He didn't swoop in that day and give me a crazy, provi- a crazy provision for a job making six figures. He actually told me to trust him and to not take another job for the next six months uh, until 2022. And, it's, uh, and so it was, it was six months that I wasn't bringing in the typical income, that I didn't have a normal steady job, but he is faithful and listening to him was exactly what we needed as a family. And so ask him. He might say, don't have a job for six months, but that's okay. It's okay because he knows exactly what you need when you need it. And it was such a sweet season to not be in and out of work every single day and get to spend time with my kids, get to spend time with my wife, get to spend time with my family. Um, And he knew exactly what we needed. And I didn't need to go out and show him that I was the provider. I needed to trust him that he was the provider. So don't miss an opportunity to learn more about him. Don't miss an opportunity to learn about his character in the middle of your fears. And uh, a fun little illustration, I'll do it with my hands, but the greater the fear that we experience, the greater the opportunity to experience new levels of his grace. So if your fear feels like it's this high up, of course, you know, in your mind, you're like, yeah, the grace of God, when you're thinking clearly, the grace of God should be much more than that level of fear. But if your experience is this level of fear, then you know his grace matches that when you get free from that fear. If your fear is at this level up here, then that's that much more experience that you get to, ex- like that much more opportunity that you have to experience the, the, the grace of God. Sorry, I got a mic. Yeah, uh, like if, if the fear is at this level, that's that much more opportunity that you have to experience the grace of God on a deeper level. It's the same with sin. If you've been like, you know, if you're just in a little bit of sin, you're like, okay, I know the grace of God is at least right there. But if you've like hit rock bottom in sin and done everything that you could think imaginable that's horrible, and he's pulled you out of it, that shows like you have more experience for the grace of God. You have a, probably a deeper understanding of the grace of God than somebody who hasn't done all of those things, if that makes sense. So in your fears, if you have a lot of fear, that's more opportunity to get to experience the grace of God for your life. And he is enough, and he is great. It just from the verses I show. So if you don't feel like his grace is that tall, dig into the scripture. There's a lot of truths of God about who he is, and he is greater than that fear. So this brings us to our third point, which is keep your eyes on him. And for this last point, we can also look back again at the story of Jesus and Peter's interaction on the water. Um, so let's look at it really quickly. It's in Matthew 14, 28 through 31. So I'll read it again for us. It says, And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. I'm curious if he actually wondered if that was the Lord or if he just wanted to get on the water, you know? But anyways, so, so the Lord says, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water to him, to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and begin, beginning to cry out, or beginning to, sorry, beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? So in this interaction we see in verse 30, we see Peter saw the wind, became afraid, and then began to sink. Peter, when he was fixed on Jesus, he was walking on water. When he was trusting and believing that that was Jesus that called him out on the water, he was walking on the water. But the moment he got distracted by the wind and the waves, the moment that he took his eyes off of Jesus, fear came over him, and he began to sink in the water. But it's the Lord's grace that calls us to look back at him. So immediately when Peter cries out, Jesus reaches down his hand 
It says immediately he reached out his hand and spoke to him, pulling Peter's attention back off of the wind, back off the waves, back off of any fear that he was having to look back at the face of Jesus. Um, so a really con- simple conclusion that I draw from reading this passage is that when we focus on him, we don't have time to be distracted by the fears that are around us. So I don't know if you've ever tested this out, but you can't really focus on two things. And I was doing this actually as I was going over my talk or over the sermon, as I was like kind of preparing it, I was sitting at my kitchen table this week and I'm like, I probably shouldn't say that unless I make sure that it's true, you know? And so in front of me, I had, I don't know why, but I had a bottle of root beer and I had some cracked red uh, peppers in a little jar. And so I'm holding them up in front of me and I'm like, can I focus on both of these? I'm like, I can definitely see both of them. But then you like try to read a label and I'm like, nope, I can only read one of these labels at one time because it's the clear one, you know? Well, and I probably can't read twice at the same time. But anyways, so I'm looking at them. I'm like, one of them is definitely more clear than the other when I'm focusing on it. And, and then I started to have this revelation and I'm like playing with them, moving them. It's, it was a really funny interaction. Just sitting at the table, just holding a root beer bottle and, and, a, and a thing of cracked red pepper. And, and so the one I'm focusing on I, like I'm moving them in and out, just, just watching the focus of my eyes work, you know, and which is pretty phenomenal. It's like you can watch one and then stare at the other, and then it like kind of clicks, and then you're like, wow, that one's the clear one. But anyway, so, the, so I'm looking at both of them, and the one, that <laughs> the one that I'm staring at and focused on, I start pulling it closer to my face and pushing the other one further away, and I can't do it perfectly with the microphone in my hand. But so, I, so I'm sitting here focusing on one and pulling it closer to my face and pushing the other one further away. I just had this crazy revelation of like, Wow, when we're focused on Jesus and we're drawing near to him, everything else is getting more and more blurry and more and more further away the further that we pull away from that and focus on him. So I want you to try it. So why don't you grab a phone, a pen, the card in the seat back in front of you, two fingers, whatever it takes. I want you to stick them out in front of you. We're going to do this. Try to focus on them. More than likely, you're only going to be able to focus on one of them, even if they're pretty close together. And then Focus on one, and the one you're focusing on, bring closer to your face and send the other one further away. You see, with every inch you move, it's getting more and more blurry. Do y'all see that? It's just a, just a cool thing to note that, like, as we draw closer to Jesus, the other things, we start to lose focus. We start to lose focus on them. We probably don't even care about them anymore. That doesn't have to do with the illustration. But as we focus on him and draw closer to him, he becomes more clear his character becomes more clear, and the other things become more and more blurry and out of focus. So hopefully that's a helpful little illustration for you. If you're dealing with something, you need to focus on Jesus, stick your two fingers up, and do the little <laughs> illustration again. Maybe it'll, maybe it'll help you out. So when we choose to focus on our fears, we miss out. We miss out on looking at him. He becomes a little more blurry. Y'all probably experienced that. When you get stuck in a train of thought that's not helpful, the truth of God becomes a little fuzzy. But when we focus on him, the other things start to get a little bit fuzzier again. So let's seek him closely. Let's seek him diligently, not just in addition to something else, but let's treat him as our sole focus. Let's focus on him together and draw near to him. Next, the Bible says, as we draw near to him, he will draw near to us, which is pretty sweet promise. So I'm going to share a few practical steps, a few practical uh, more things uh, as I wrap up. So band, you guys can go ahead and make your way up to the stage. But one of these is that worship and prayer are so helpful for pulling our eyes up from situations that we're in and helping us look at Jesus. So I'd encourage this. If you're stuck in the middle of fear, or it could be sin, it doesn't have to be fear, but the message is around fear, so I'm saying fear. 
I would encourage this. And it's going to be challenging. It's like when you're in the middle of something like that, that's consuming your thoughts and consuming your mind. It's not very, it's, it's not like you're like, oh, I want to worship and pray right now. But I would encourage it. Worship and pray. It lifts our eyes up from what we're thinking about. It's really hard to think about fear when you're worshiping Jesus and when you're focused on him, when you're praying to him. So I'd encourage you to do that. And, it, and, and you will notice as you're focusing on him in worship and prayer, you will feel the fear start to leave. You'll feel it starting to break off of your life. So that's one. Another practical regarding fear is to take your thoughts captive quickly. And the more that I think about this, the more that I talk about this, taking thoughts captive, I think it's maybe the single most important thing that we can do as a believer. If we were all excellent at taking thoughts captive, we would be a pretty pure bride waiting for Jesus to come back, which is the goal, right? And we would look a whole lot like him. So I'm going to share a verse with you. It'll be on the screen from 2 Corinthians 10. It's actually a passage 3 through 5, and it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we're not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. Fear. It's a lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to obey Christ. So if we get really good at taking every thought captive, it's going to be pretty hard to let fear consume you. It'll actually be impossible for fear to consume you if you're taking every, if you're getting really good at taking every thought captive. And the more time you do it, the more time that you allow fear to run through your thoughts, the more real it becomes and the more it's going to grow. But the more times we practice taking our thoughts captive, the more we're going to see freedom over our fears. So we have to stop the train of thought quickly. And this is like new any discipline. It's probably going to be tough. It's tough at first, but it gets easier with time. And it will be more familiar as you do it over and over again, taking thoughts captive. It will get more familiar to dismantle these fears as you make a habit, taking thoughts captive that are fear-based and focusing on Jesus instead. So just as a reminder, as we close, I know that was a lot of practical things for overcoming fear, but just as a reminder, the Lord is gracious over your fear. I don't think, I don't know if I could say that enough times. He's gracious over your fears. So if you're in it, he's not, he's not mad at you. He's not condemning you. He's, he's looking at you with eyes of mercy, with eyes of grace, and he's calling you back to himself. He's saying, look over here. Stop looking at that. Stop entertaining that. Look at me. Look at me. I'm better. I'm greater than your fears. He's greater than your fears turn to him and he's going to help you in this fight to overcoming fear in your life and to removing it completely so i'm going to invite up the ministry team so life group leaders um or or people who've been through ads feel free to come up spread out at the front and be available for people to pray um and if there's not enough people up here then if you've been in our church you're on the core team or something looks like there's no one right now you guys can come if you feel confident praying over somebody if you need to get prayer, don't come up here until you need it. Don't, don't start praying for other people. I want you to receive from God what he has for you this morning. But yeah, you guys come up and I'm going to pray for us. And then I'll kind of give you a little, uh, I'll help you to respond, uh, how we're going to respond this morning. So Jesus, thank you that we get to see the heart of the Father and the character of the Father and his graciousness through looking at you and how you walked on this earth, how you live, how you interacted um, with people. I say thank you, God, that you have given your us an abundance of grace to help us overcoming our fears, to getting out of the traps of sin and darkness. 
Thank you, God, that you've provided a way of escape and a way out for every single sin, every single struggle, every single toil that we have. You've provided a way of escape. You say that in the scriptures, that you've provided a way of escape. And so this morning, would you um, free us, any of us that are dealing with um, repetitive cyclical thoughts of fear, would they be broken off in the name of Jesus this morning? Thank you, God, for the truth of the word. Thank you that we have the opportunity even to open the word and see who you are. What a treasure to get to know you more this morning. Yeah, so we ask that you would move and you would do whatever you need to do, that you would like compel us to choose you over fear, that we would that we would take whatever measure we need to in our life to route out this stuff, to get it out of our life for good. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, God, that you're here with us and that you're good. Praise in your name. Amen. So if any of this resonated with you guys this morning and you're battling with this or you're dealing with fear, um, and this can be a wide range of things. It might not have been something I mentioned. Maybe it's like the fear of missing out. And I know that sounds kind of funny, but that's real. It's a real thing for people. Fear of missing out. Something like the fear of death or just cyclical nightmares. Um, Then I would encourage you, come to the front this morning. Big or small fear. Come to the front. Receive prayer. And let's believe that breakthrough is coming for you today. And I think this might be a helpful step if you've, like, been dealing with fear and people don't know about it. Come up. Share it with somebody. Confess. um, Confess your fears. Confess your sins. And let's believe that he's going to free us, set us free from that stuff this morning. The Lord is gracious towards you, so receive his truth, receive his grace for you today. Amen? All right, you guys can stand up, and we're going to go into worship. If you'd like to respond, come up and get some prayer.